Welcome to the Impact Wellness Podcast, a place to be for ambitious and driven women who dare to fail to raise again. It brings you brilliant minds with the knowledge and passion for helping you discover your feminine inner success code that has the potential to reset and redefine your physical, mental and emotional health and well-being. Our conversations are profound, transformational and purposeful. Listen to our next episode. Angela Foster is a nutritionist, health and performance coach, and host of the top-rated podcast, High Performance Health. Through her speaking, coaching programs, and online membership, the Female Biohacker Collective, Angela's mission is to educate and inspire women to become the CEO of their health and optimize their mind, body, and spirit by embracing their femininity. Hello and welcome, uh, Angela Foster. Uh, Angela is a, I really call you Angela Mindful Biohacker because I have been following uh, your account and uh, there is lots of uh, weird feelings about biohacking, but I call you mindful because um, you find a way to talk about longevity and long-term results with uh, biohacking and um, today actually we're going to further explore how women have to think about biohacking i want a little bit to dissolve certain misconceptions what biohacking is not what biohacking it is but um, before we go into this and dive welcome once again and please tell us about yourself how did you enter into empowerment of women's health performance, spirit, mind, and anything related to, you know, to women's, uh, women's, women's life and women's optimization. Ah, oh, thank you, Daria. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm very grateful to be on the show. Thank you for, for inviting me um, to come and chat to your audience. Um, so how did I get into it? Actually, it's a funny bit of a checkered route, really, because I was a lawyer originally, corporate lawyer in London for many, many years. And uh, then I made partnership at a, a large firm and I was trying to combine things with family and I hit uh, I hit burnout really and um, struggled with postnatal depression for, for a number of years, which turned into clinical depression and possible bipolar. So that was a real struggle and I had to get my health back on track. Um, and I also just had so many hormonal issues with PCOS and endometriosis. So insulin resistance with the PCOS. So lots of things that I kind of had to contend with. And as I started to really rebuild my mind and body, um, I then requalified, left law, went into health coaching and nutritional therapy and also performance coaching. And I really was trying to figure out a way, you know, I kind of had these two different things where I had been very successful in the corporate sphere, uh, but then I'd also like, completely burnt myself out. And then now here I was, I'd taken a break from that and I didn't have to work, fortunately. Uh, I didn't financially need to, so I could just focus on my health, which is a beautiful thing. But I was like, well, this isn't neither of these solutions are really the long term solution for most people because you know you can have great success, but then if it's at the cost of your health or you're having really great health, but then you're not really kind of filling up that cup. If you like, I missed working, I missed being with people uh, and actually uh, being in that sort of leadership role. So I was thinking, well, how can I combine? high performance and health. And that's when my podcast, High Performance Health, was born because really it was about understanding that health is the foundation of sustained high performance. And, you know, that's really where it all started. And biohacking, I think, is really just a kind of 
quick way really of, of, of getting to know your own biology and personalizing things to you. Uh, I've moved much more into what I would call biosyncing. And I think that biohacking is one element of that. But this is, as you say, I am more mindful and quite spiritual about things and very much in touch with nature and the kind of different universal laws that are work that we can't see. And so really syncing, biosyncing is about putting that together with biohacking and with your unique goals to really enhance women's health and longevity and empower them. Because I think that the more we can embrace our femininity, the better the results get. And so I'm just a yeah, huge, huge champion for women's health and women's health advocate. Yes, I think that's why I have connected uh, uh, with you um, uh, energetically <laughs> on that level because we have, uh, to some extent, some similar uh, path. And I, I really respect that you have uh, um, you have finished nutritional therapy. You did not just, oh, you know, let's now find a way. I sort this out with this funny stuff that I call biohacking, you're really always digging deep, you tr you're really finding people, uh, scientists, neuroscientists, you're finding, um, uh, you're finding knowledge. And that's what I really respect and what I really think people have to take in consideration when they are looking for a good source of information and education on the internet. So uh, that's why I, I also connected on that. So thank you so much for uh, giving us um, uh, so much away. And uh, let's start with, um, with some uh, questions. And my thing is, let's dive into this biohacking um, term. Where this comes from? Uh, you mentioned biothinking, right? How, how women should understand this and so they can take this biohacking idea into their life and use it to optimal living. How they have to approach this? Well, really, it's about so it's about understanding that you are very bio individual. That's where I start. So I think the father of biohacking really is Dave Asprey. He popularized it and came up with it when he created Bulletproof Coffee. Um, and from there, it's kind of grown and grown. It's become more of a generic term that people really start to understand. Um, but for those of the, the, the listeners that are new to this, um, really, it's about understanding your unique biology and working with it rather than against it. And I think this is the thing. We're all bio-individual. None of us has the same gut microbiome. Even when we take studies on identical twins, they may be genetically the same, but actually, and they may grow up in the same environment. But even within those teenage years, they start to change quite dramatically from each other. And if you look at their microbiomes, they're very different even within the same household. And I think so it's really understanding that we are unique and what works for one person may not work for another. And, and this is really why I'm not an advocate of any one particular diet, because any diet that you do that is restricting a food group is going to change your body in some way. And you can get results for a period of time. But you have to look at what's the hidden costs of that. You know, what is the um, I was just talking live earlier in my Facebook group, you know, people asking questions around hair loss. And for women, if you go really, really low carb on a ketogenic diet, that can be one of the downsides of doing it. But actually, you do start to experience hair loss. It can imbalance. You know, I've seen women go into menopause early and then come out of it as a result of severe restriction with things like keto. So I think it's about understanding that most of the studies are done on men, first of all. We haven't got that much research done on women. And I really like to embrace our physiology and our unique goals and life circumstances and really put that together and personalize it to the woman. And I think there are three principles that I've certainly found, and I can't find you scientific studies to show this. There are scientific studies that will support each of these areas. 
but from a very personal level in terms of what I found myself uh, with all the challenges that I've had and also with my own clients and members of my programs is that the female body really responds really well to three things. One is embracing your femininity and understanding that there are sex differences between men and women. The second one is coming from a place of self-love. I think that so many of us have done like six rounds in the boxing ring by midday with ourselves uh, because of the voice in our head and just really understanding that we need to approach this differently. And the third thing is abundance. Everything that we see mostly on the biohacking world, is all about challenge and lack and taking away and going low carb, going keto, you know, going into extreme cold exposure, you know, all these things. I'm not against them. I do most of those things myself to a degree. But what I want people to understand is you need the female body responds to abundance and abundance of micronutrients and abundance of love and abundance of recovery alongside workouts. Yes, and abundant of workouts that actually stimulate the body in the right way according to whether you're in your cycling years, whether you're perimenopause, whether you're postmenopause, but just building in that natural recovery and working not just with our circadian rhythm, but our infradian rhythm. And when you start to apply those three principles, what I see is just the, 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 the woman inside really starts to shine. You know, that inner spirit comes in. And I believe that we have so much beauty within. And if we can, we're very aligned with nature. If we can embrace that divine feminine, we can also not just impact ourselves, but the lives of others and live a life of service and help our children, our families, our friends, our communities, and really make a difference in the world. Do you now, do you now understand why I, and I actually didn't think of you before, mindful, I said, how do I have to name there? Because I like mm -hmm. to give some descriptions that gives me some start. And I'm like, yes, it's about mindfulness, biohacking. And this is what you're exactly saying. And this is what is real, what's truth. And uh, what I also find in my clinic. So it's also great because it's just giving me empowerment. There is another clinician because not everything that we're talking about, we're going to see in science. Sometimes the clinical eye, in my opinion, clinical observation comes faster because we are different. And as you said, most of studies are not, not done on female and usually it is a healthy subject. And then you are having a 45 years or of, of uh, women high performing with children for example and with some chronic uh, condition like pcos and it is not aligning with uh, with the study so thank you thank you so much tell me um what are what are the the top like three four things that uh, women when they enter in biohacking how they could start their journey right so we, we explained that the biohacking is not really that trendy word but she's just completely blind and she just heard the word right where she should start right how she should select what is for me what is not for me diet you mentioned is one is it's i think long long conversation here about diets as well yeah that's a great question dara i mean i think from the very beginning from when you start off i always think start with what is free or easily available to you that you're doing anyway right and start to get those and nail those things um because there's loads of different sexy biohacks that you can find on Instagram, you know, and there's sometimes like I'm posing in front of my red light or, you know, I've got some brain device on that I'm using to enhance meditation. That's all fun. But at the end of the day, if we haven't got the basics right, we haven't really got a platform to start on. So I think the foundation, that's how we build a house. So what I would say is I have a, a shift protocol that I use that I just think it makes it really easy for people to remember. Um, and if you use this shift, then it will help you to build in place what I call the pillars. So the first one is sleep. That's the S because it's really important. It's the foundation of everything. If we're not sleeping well, 
everything else is going to be so much harder. You don't feel as good. You have more food cravings. You don't burn fat as well. Um, you're more prone to indulge in things that you shouldn't be. You're more irritable. Your body's not doing the repair work. You're missing a huge trick in terms of the longevity space if you're not sleeping well. So I think sleep has to be the first. And then the next one really is hormones and neurotransmitters because this just affects so many areas of our body. So it's like, how can I balance my hormones better? So start with free, start with looking at a journal and figuring out what's really throwing things off. Your period, you, we have a marker, men don't get this. Every single month when your period shows up, this is telling you your current state of health. So, you know, if you're like me, it's like doing a little bit of research and understanding. You know, I didn't, I knew I had lots of hormonal problems. It wasn't until I had surgery and a lot of the endometriosis and, and, and PCOS and, you know, my ovaries were drilled and the cysts removed. But I realized your period shouldn't look like something out of a Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino movie. My date, <laughs> this is not a normal period. Uh, so understand, like, what's off? Like, are you getting acne? Maybe you're really sensitive to dairy. Loads of women with hormonal problems are. So look at your hormones because this is affecting, it has an impact with your neurotransmitters and things as well, your serotonin levels, your mood. Again, let's get you sleeping well, let's get you happy and in hormonal balance, because now we've got a really good starting place. It's makes you a good, good uh, thyroid function. So the first thing you can do, you might be thinking, oh my God, do I have to do tons and tons of tests? No, you just need to start eating whole foods first, sleeping well, have really good sleep hygiene in the evening, block out blue light, put on some blue light blocking lenses if you want to buy something to help you. That's a really good investment. Um, get outside early in the day, spend time in nature, get access to the sunshine early in the morning. That will help reset your circadian rhythm. And just start to think, what am I putting? Ask yourself this question every time you put something in your body. Is this going to nourish me or take away? Because understand this. There is nothing, nothing neutral about food. I can honestly say this. There is no neutral food that I can tell you can eat and say, do you know what? Eat this and it's going to have zero impact on your body. Everything is going to have a positive or negative impact. So when you start to understand that, it's like, okay, am I creating not, not balance, but am I swinging the pendulum in the favor of the positivity the most? Because this is going to affect not just my health, my body composition, but also my mood. If I'm eating really good balance of protein, healthy fats, um, fibrous carbohydrates, and some starchy carbs, I'm going to go a long way to feeling better. Take out the seed oils, all the pro-inflammatory things, and start to think about how do I feel when I eat? I should really be able to go comfortably about four hours without needing to eat again. If I'm craving foods or if I've got gastrointestinal discomfort, make a note of this and start to gather your own insights. And that's where you become, you know, be your own biohacker effectively on this. And then the next thing is these insights. And this starts with journaling, as I say. So that's the I in shift. Gather the insights. Um, and then you can then move on to more advanced forms, right? So wearable devices is a good thing, starting to look at lab work because you can start to really optimize what you're doing. And then the last two is the affinity of fuel and training. And I would break these down a little bit further. So with fuel in your body, the reason I chose fuel and it's not nutrition, yes, of course, it makes shift work, but actually there's a bigger reason. It's because we fuel our body in multiple ways. So here you can remember the acronym FLOW. Everyone can remember flow because everyone wants to be in flow. And that is food, light, oxygen, and water. So we've got to look at good quality hydration, make sure we've got a good mineral balance. We need to make sure that's the W. We need to make sure that we're having enough oxygen. We're breathing correctly. We've got good posture. Go to your chiropractor, get any issues fixed. 
look at your posture, see are you kind of shoulders up here, really tense, you know, breathing and, and stressed and anxious. This physiologically is going to tell your brain you're under more stress. So really address your breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. You can go to classes, there's loads of stuff online, doing some yoga things like that will really help. Um, so I've gone backwards here, F-L-O-W, but the L is light, which we've already talked about. Manage that light, go outside, get access to the sun, um, you know, early morning sun, evening sun, that red light's really good for enhancing something known as mitochondria, which is the energy powerhouses of your cells. And then the F is the food. So that's the flow really is, you know, let's get our food on point and eat those whole foods and things that I was talking about with lots of fiber to really enhance the gut microbiome, especially important for women, because we need to detoxify any excess estrogen. A lot of the conditions that women are complaining of, things like fibroids, endometriosis, adenomyosis you know a lot of these things have high estrogen at their core and if it's not high estrogen it's estrogen dominance because progesterone is a bit low so let's really nourish our bodies and get that detox and microbiome working well and then the t is training and that is training your body and training your mind they're equally important now you can use neck time like tony robbins says where you go to the gym and you listen to something empowering and you're training your mind and your body at the same time you can do yoga, which kind of puts you in a meditative state and you're doing both again at the same time. I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. Like, you know, I was having this, I have a membership, the Female Biohacker Collective, and I was talking to the members, you know, you can feel really overwhelmed when they say, right, you've got to wake up and you've got to meditate. You've got to hydrate with minerals. You've got to go to the gym and do a fasted workout, do a 16-hour daily fast, which I think is too long often for most women. You've got to go cold showering as well. You've got to do a workout and you've got to fit in all these different workouts across the week. You need to meditate for at least 20 minutes twice a day and journal and do your gratitude. And you're like, oh, my God, all before the school run. <laughs> yes. It's too much. So I think pick what's right for you. I just did a, a podcast on my one, just like bite-sized biohacks, 10 minutes, just literally talking about how your morning machine should be dynamic and see what you need across the month. Again, this comes back to this concept of biosyncing, like you feel different at different times of the month, but just know that you need to be training your body and mind. If you're not working out, you're going to be losing muscle mass and you could be 20% between the age of 20 and 50. If you don't do anything, you could be 20% less strong by the time you reach 50. That's the reality. So it's not an if or when I have time, it's a, I will make time for this, but some of the workouts can be super efficient. They can be four minutes like Tabata, but really that's the kind of thing I would say is look at those, take that shift protocol uh, I'm sure people can go back and listen to this Daria on your show and then pick one of them and go, which one will I do first? Don't try and do them all. Look at your life and say, where am I having the most problems? If it's actually that my sleep's really poor, let's start there. You don't have to do them in order. Or if it's that actually, do you know what? I think probably I am eating a bit too much or I am indulging a bit much. And let's nail that nutrition and just dive into that pill. And then when you've worked on one thing, just build from there. And uh, yeah, just reach out to, to you, Dario, or me on Instagram. We're always around to help people and answer questions because at the end of the day, I think if we can get the world a healthier place, it's going to be so much better. Yes, I agree. And thank you so much, um, Angela, that you... Um very much nail down the foundations because i i agree with you and i think we uh, we what i often see we are already or our clients are already there but they forgetting about this basics like uh, make sure you eat off of the omega-6 inflammatory folks that you sleep that you um from everything that you said these basics 
don't just jump there because yes you're going to feel overwhelmed because often people asking me oh how you make it this happen and i'm like you know i've been doing this for 15 years it's not just suddenly i woke up and uh, i it is just practice and every single day i'm still adding i'm still learning from people as yourself from people like antony robbins right i'm con like you mentioned him i constantly learning new uh new stuff and my stuff recently is letting go of my miss perfect you know <laughs> i miss perfect right uh, embracing what you said at the start i think this uh, feminine power and i'm learning a lot about this uh and and you see, I'm constantly uh, learning, but I know that the principles, like for me, basically training uh, is just, uh, and I love weight training and it's, uh, I'm learning much more about uh, longevity and connection with the muscles and how this is important. Uh, that is my foundations. But I think, Angela, what, what you tell me, if you've got your foundations, is it not helping you to go through life? because you've got these foundations in a difficult mm. situations. If you find yourself struggling mentally, something suddenly happened in your life, if you have these foundations that you, you talked about, is it not as a treasure? I, I, I personally believe it is. And having been the other side of health, you know, I, I didn't really share the, the full impact of my story, but I would agree with you. I, you know, when, when I, my physical and mental health had got to such a point that I was contemplating suicide on such a regular basis. And I didn't know how I was going to leave my family. I just knew I wanted to turn off the voices in my head. I was so depressed and I was having so much therapy really strong antipsychotic medication not just antidepressant and i was trying to figure out what can i do how can i resolve this situation because i didn't think i was going to be the tough person that was depressed and i you know i was thinking how can i leave my family how can my kids grow up as the ones whose mum took care of her own life how can my husband be the one whose wife basically just opted out and i was just in such a pain point of struggle but I just couldn't be with myself. There's so much self-loathing and shame and guilt and everything associated with depression. It's awful. So for anyone listening going through this, I really feel for you because it is hard. But know this, it can get better. Because when I then, I got sick with uh, what turned out to be pneumonia. They did a chest x-ray on me. They thought that they could see I had pneumonia. They thought I had something else called bronchiectasis. My lymph glands were very enlarged. And so I was taken for a CT scan because they thought maybe I had lung cancer. And so it was a very stressful time, and I, it resulted in an immediate admission into hospital. I was neutropenic, so really no white blood cell count. I had viral and bacterial pneumonia that advanced quite a lot across both lungs. And so I was really fighting for my life, and that was a profound moment for me. That moment I'm eternally grateful for because I, all the work that I have been doing, all the inner work where I've been working with therapists to try to be more mindful, as you say, to practice meditation, to live more consciously, that actually, I believe, with the, the fevers um, that I had gave way to a kind of lucid state. And I felt peace, real peace, inner peace. And there I had been trying to run away from myself. And now I'm in hospital with myself, facing the very real possibility that I might not get out. And my kids were going to be on their own because they gave me kind of 24 hours to see if my blood work was going to change and what was going to happen. And if not, they were going to intubate me. And then that was, you know, going into a coma and, and not not knowing what was going to happen. And that moment was, I made a decision. I've got to get well. I've got to be there and to be a mum and see my kids grow up. 
And then I started to really focus on these foundations. I didn't know what I was doing at first. I was researching, reading everything, but I knew that there was a bigger purpose, a purpose bigger than me. And I got, I got well, and it was a journey. And it's still a journey. I love when you say, I'm still studying, I'm still reading, so am I every single day, learning from people. Because if you're learning, you're growing, and there's never you can never know too much. And so what I would say is, if you have some these foundational principles, it will help you because that's why I've created them. We're going through a difficult time. We've just come out of two years of a pandemic with a very real possibility in the UK here. Now people are being hospitalized again, that we may be going into the autumn with things like lockdowns, who knows, but there's talk about it. We know that the uh, inflation is going up. People are finding things, their finances tighter. This is the time to double down on your health. The healthier you are, the better you are going to be able to approach whatever is being thrown at you over the next few years. And whatever you want to achieve, you can do it. Don't listen to the news. It's going to make you depressed. It's going to tell you that it's a scary world out there. Just accept whatever's going on is going on. But think about what steps can you take. And if you take daily steps that invest in you and your health of your body and mind, you're going to be in a really strong position to not just come through this, but to thrive and make a difference to yourself and to your family. That's my belief. Yeah, and, and this uh, this conversation is really, uh, Angela, uh, you're special at this moment because this conversation is taking us from survival into, as you said, thriving life. And I really want listeners, I don't want to repeat my story because they, people can listen, but you are another person who is just proving that, that health is an opportunity, is a treasure, People saying health is wealth. And really, my mission is for people to don't take any more health for granted. Because as you said, health is teaching you abundance, and then you can achieve anything you want in life. But what happens if you don't have health? It's like Tony, exactly. Robbins, Tony Robbins says, you know, the last thing you will ask if you don't have health is give me health. When you have health, Angela, I'm sure you have a list of dreams. You want to go for it, right? You want exactly. to achieve and that is the an opportunity and i really uh, and i believe angela you the same you don't want people going into crisis of health so awake oh, now yeah. right yeah I, I really don't because i feel like we're in a situation at the moment where what i'm seeing in women is tremendous amounts of anxiety like if you're listening to this and you feel this way you are not alone anxiety is a real big thing for women at the moment and it's affecting their hormones it's affecting every area of their life and we don't want to come from that place because it, it impacts our physical and mental health in such a way. And I feel that we need to connect with ourselves because your health is your wealth. If you, you can, if you can, you can have things happen to you. You can have people leave you in relationships and you can find eventually when you get over that, you can find a new partner that really you fall in love with and works well. That can happen for you, even when you feel like it can never happen. Those things can happen. You can lose, people have lost, and very successful people have lost all their wealth multiple times and got it back, they've done it. It's very difficult to literally neglect your health to such a degree that you lose your health and try to get it back. It's a harder thing. And what I would say is, if you don't make time for your health, it's going to make time for you. It's going to make you make time. And the time, when people say they don't have to, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to do this, it can be five, 10 minutes. It can be 
a short meditation. It can be two minutes of breath work to center yourself and relax, you know, relax yourself. It can be so short. But the reality is, faced with ill health, this is a whole series of appointments and time that you're going to have to invest. And it's scary. And so that's why I say to people, I don't want to say this to scare them. I say this because when you have your health, you're born in optimal health. And I think for most people, some people are born with a disorder and that's unfortunate or a genetic you know, problem. But for most people, we are born optimally healthy as babies. We may or may not be born wealthy. If we are, it's our parents. We may or may not be born into a family that really, really loves and cherishes us. Those ones are not necessarily the case. But for the vast majority of the world, that baby comes out very, very healthy. It's very sad when it doesn't, but most babies are. And so I almost feel that's why we neglect it, because we've been so used to it. And we spend our lives kind of making decisions that deteriorate. And I think if we could just honor ourselves a little bit more and invest in our health every day, just these little things, you know, it, we will be so much better. And as you say, empowered to achieve all the other goals and dreams and adventures that we want in our lives. Yes, Angela, you mentioned a little bit about uh, fast uh, fasting. I no, you mentioned about keto, and that you are seeing this uh, women on very low carbs not doing so well, and they having hair loss. And this. talk us a little bit through about that. And because I see this, um, I'm just why I'm picking this because it's nice to uh, have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Talk through a little bit of how then you know they again. Oh, I see the keto. It's the same with fasting. That's why one yeah. of my questions is, do we have to use fasting for everything? Like, do we have to now use keto for everything? Because again, <laughs> comes down to the, to the diet. And as you mentioned, it's we are different on different level. We have different lifestyle, different, a little bit different genetic. We have a different predisposition. We're born in different families. How we have to then approach this? Someone comes to us and say, do this, uh, do this fasting. And I see this woman. Oh, I do fasting because my friend is doing, who is actually male and works for him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How, how they have to deal with tons of diets that are around them and... Um, well, so, I mean, what I would say is there's a couple of things there in terms of finding the right diet for you and then also finding um, uh, what, what, what balance of fasting is right. So yes. what I would say, if you are in your cycling year, so you're still, you're pre-menopause and you're having a menstrual cycle, and in particular, you're quite lean, it can put too much stress on the female body too fast for very long periods of time. Again, that comes back to this principle of abundance. So I think that um, if you are doing, you know, daily kind of 18 20 hour fast for many women that is too much post-menopause is not such an issue most men do really really well on a 16 hour fast and that's great and that does really well for post-menopausal women but then you need to factor in as well regardless of whether you're cycling or you're not is how much exercise are you doing because if you are doing a really big like if you are someone who loves to exercise and Dr. Stacey Sims, she's been on my show. She talks about the fact that if you are exercising for 150 minutes a week, you are an athlete. You might not be a professional athlete, but you're an athlete. Now you need to fuel in the right way. And, and, and exercise is a significant trigger for autophagy. And most people that are doing fasting are doing that for those longevity benefits. Sometimes it's for weight loss. Mostly it's to do with longevity. So if you are doing it, you're stimulating autophagy with exercise. You don't need to do really long fasts on top. Actually, particularly in perimenopause in your 40s, baseline cortisol is rising. Baseline inflammation is rising. Women do really well when they come back from a workout. Within 30, min 30 minutes, they, re they refuel with protein and carbs. So what I would say is it's, it's really about not feeling like, 
oh my God, I've seen this. It seems like the answer. So-and-so has lost a ton of weight. I'm going to follow that and do that because it might not work for your body. Similarly, with keto, it would be risky for me to do the ketogenic diet because I've looked at my genetics and not only am I carb sensitive, which you might think, well, keto would be a good idea. I'm very sensitive to fats, in particular saturated fats. And so I would be risking certain problems, potentially cardiovascular, if I was doing that in any length of time. But also what's important is the studies show that when you are very sensitive to fats, actually it can lead to more weight gain. And I do notice that if I go on a higher fat diet. And this is why people will come and go, oh my God, why is it like my friend's getting amazing results or my partner's getting amazing results on keto and it's not working for me because you're genetically different. And the other thing is, it's really hard unless you do keto green and you're very strict in the way you structure your diet. It's really hard to get enough fiber on the keto diet if you're doing it properly. And I do believe that we need, for the health of our microbiome and the detoxification, we do actually need to, um, to be having sufficient amounts of fiber. So that's why I say I think personalize your diet to you, to your lifestyle, to what's going on. If you've, it's within your budget to look at things like genetics, you know, I have a whole longevity blueprint that I run based around people's genetics to optimize your genes are not your destiny. What we want to is optimize the genetic, epigenetic expression of those genes. And so if we know specific uh, SNPs that you have, we can look at those and go, well, actually, how can we use nutrition and fitness and lifestyle to optimize that epigenetic expression? So that's really why I just think, be, you know, look at these things and think, is someone advocating a specific diet type because that's what they found to work for them and their, maybe some of their clients? Or is it really because the scientific research backs it up that this is right for every woman? I haven't seen a diet that is right for every single woman. The only diet that we can come back to time and time again that has been proven to enhance longevity and be the kind of quote unquote most suitable diet for the most number of people is the Mediterranean diet. Yes, that's that's just lots of studies on Mediterranean diet, diet, hundred percent. Uh, Angela, explain people quickly what are uh, what is epigenetics. So epigenetics is the expression of your genes, and that's the important part. How are your genes being expressed in real time? At any time, uh, even as we're talking now, our genes are expressing themselves in different ways. And so what we want to do is try and act on those genes to express them in the most positive way. So, for example, I had a, a lady that did my longevity blueprint, and she. Uh, she didn't think she was fat sensitive when she began and she'd always actually gone not full keto but a higher fat diet she had really good body composition um, she was in her late 50s fit played a lot of golf as well and then when she did the program and we looked at her genetics we adjusted her uh, protein fats and carbs and she was like oh my god the fat is melting off right but she did it was fat that she couldn't even say was but she wasn't overweight it was just an excess she kind of hadn't realized it was just sort of there over time as very small amounts but now it was like wow it's going and i just look really lean and we've tested her metabolic flexibility since uh with things like the lumen device that measures your whether you're burning fats and carbs with blood and she's so optimized now i'm not saying genetics are everything i just think it's one piece of the puzzle that can help you your microbiome plays a huge impact on your blood sugar sensitivity it seems we're, we're finding out more and more about that with things like zoe and the work that they're doing where they're combining stool samples with a cgm and with blood work but i think that yeah just just understand and tweak things and see and you know what the more you note down this is why i say journaling is so powerful the more you know down 
everything that you're doing, the more you have insights to go back to and go, that one worked for me uh, and, and come back to it. But it may not work at every life stage. So be flexible and just don't beat yourself up. Just, you know, I don't think you can fail. You can only learn, in my experience. Yes, very empowering. And thank you so much for mentioning this journaling because um, I think often um, male and female entering into this health path or health transformation with a hope to get uh, quick results within a short period of time. And we both know that body is amazing and actually you can get a lot within short period of time but when body is very unwell physiology is not optimal and body is just struggling to go in the survival stage you may need little bit uh, of time so this journaling i think is powerful because it's allowing you to make notes of your progress as well but also you you are learning yourself and that's what I'm hearing the message is, Angela, underneath all the time. You have to learn yourself. You, you have to be brave to embrace your, uh, your imperfections, let's say, and learn to how I can unlearn this over a prolonged period of time. Definitely, definitely. And be patient. Small, small changes and small steps taken daily compound to really, really big results. So be patient, be curious and just take that information it's all learnings as you say and uh, and really start to work with it and just enjoy it right just have fun yes, you have to be yes, perfect yes we have to like, enjoy you don't have to be perfect it's the 80 20 rule it doesn't matter where you look 80 yes. percent of your results are going to come from 20 percent yes so. when when you uh, discussed um, a female hormonal health right what are your three um biohack let's let's call it that way right this beautiful holistic uh, moves that someone can do that can express perfection of their health much faster optimal health much faster in regards to hormonal health of female what are your first three one uh the top three what for optimizing hormones yes hormones. yeah mm -hmm. okay so i would say the first one is to get circadian alignment if you look at like you've got to optimize your hpa axis because this really impacts all of your hormones right so if you're under too much stress all the time and one of those stress stresses can be from circadian disalignment and people ignore it they don't appreciate how much impact it's having but if you're literally going to bed at the wrong time every day and just pushing the envelope and getting up early and not getting enough sleep this is a big stress on the body and it's going to throw all different kind of hormones out because we don't just have sex hormones we have hunger hormones we have stress hormones there's so many okay we are our hormones so that would be the first thing i would say you really want to nail that the second one i would say is focus on your blood sugar stability okay less spikes so we're getting less cravings less energy highs and lows really try and eat fibrous carbohydrates alongside protein and healthy fats if you're doing that you're going to go a long way to stabilizing blood sugar again stabilizes hormones stabilizes mood and then the third one would be remove everything that is inflammatory so we talked about seed oils processed seed oils and things but also what about foods that you don't feel good after People persist in eating them all the time. I used to drink lattes many years ago when I was a lawyer. I just loved lattes, right? But yet I had gastroesophageal reflux. I always used to get it afterwards. Why put up with that? Like your body doesn't like it. It doesn't like the dairy. Take it out. You're going to feel better. And I think we think, oh, but I really enjoy it. And it's like, yes, but for that moment. But look at the impact it's having on the body the rest of the time. So again, it comes back to the journal. Get insights. Figure out. If you can do some lab testing, even better. But figure out what is affecting you. And let's just get rid of that inflammation. If you start to have circadian alignment, 
remove inflammation, monitor blood sugar and get the right dose of exercise. You know, you can look at um, Tom Gilliams. He's got a PhD in this, looking at the HPA axis function. Those are things he talks about on top of, obviously, psychological stress. Uh, stress is a huge one. That would be the other things. We've got to get the stress under control, but that's probably a big topic on its own uh, to kind of go into. Yes, that's why I'm not even going to close to that because one thing, whatever, Angela, you are sharing is already going to take a pressure uh, of internal stress. So that is what people have to think about. We have this external stress and uh, stress from inside us and everything what you says is going to lower stress from inside possibly and i believe actually this i have this thinking pattern about this it's going to have a huge impact on how we are reacting to something external that we cannot really control one more thing angela actually i have two more questions uh, one question is you talked about sleep and that is the first uh, uh, first of your pillars uh, of your method uh, three top biohacks how to improve sleep so the first one is understand that your best night's sleep starts uh, with the morning before. So go outside and get access to the sun as early as you can. It's going to turn off melatonin, help with that cortisol awakening response, um, and actually then store that up and you'll have better melatonin levels in the evening, provided you then block blue light in the evening. So even, you know, what I found, I've tested it, it's quite interesting. Here in the UK, we have very, very long evenings and very short evenings in winter, but very long ones in summer. Going out for an evening walk while the sun is still high at 8, 30, 9 o'clock actually makes it harder for me to sleep. If the sun was setting, it would work really well. So just understand that actually, we really want to start making things darker if we want to go to bed early. Um, so I would say minimizing access to blue light in the evening. If you if the sun is rising and setting at a more sensible hour, going for a sunset walk can be really, really good for that. And then put on the blue light, light blocking glasses to minimize light. Often I'll move from a yellow lens, which blocks a lot of it, but not all of it into then a red line lens as I'm working up to bedtime. Um, and then the last thing I would say is bookend your day. So make sure you've written down and planned tomorrow before you go to bed, because you're going to feel that removes a lot of stress from you. Uh, you should never start a day if you don't have a plan, in my view. Uh, even if you are doing that in the morning, even better if you can do it at night, but just don't start your day without a plan. So write everything down, practice gratitude. I like to work through my day and remember all the amazing things that happened. Even if it was just getting outside, having that time to myself, going for a walk, just walk through your day and really appreciate it. So so busy getting into the next one, but what about today? Let's just appreciate that, those mindful moments. And so practice some gratitude, some journaling in the evening. And often, you know, I would say, ask your, if you're struggling with something, write it in your journal and ask a question to your subconscious before you go to sleep. It will start working on it and you'll get some really intuitive answers over the coming days. Not necessarily the next morning, but it will just really inform the way your mind's thinking on a subconscious level. So those would be my top three is light, definitely, um, minimizing stress. Uh, and then the last thing is magnesium. So magnesium helps most people, mostly deficient in it. Uh, so I would say get some magnesium on board, maybe some mushrooms like reishi and chaga as well. They can also help you to sleep better. Uh, if you're having things like hot flushes, um, then, you know, some adaptogens like ashwagandha and stuff can also help. And magnesium, which form would you suggest? Well, so I always mess up take, with this. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is Bioptimizers Magnesium. I have it even here on my desk because yes. I take it sometimes during the day. I love it. Uh, this one, because it's got mm -hmm. seven different forms. You don't know what okay. form you're deficient in. And everyone I recommend it to sleeps super well. That's my first choice. But if you're looking specifically for sleep, then you would probably go for glycinate or 3 and 8. But I okay. love that, and most people sleep super well on it. 
Fantastic. Uh, Angela, this was a beautiful class and very powerful class of uh, mindful biohacking, <laughs> right? Thank you so much. Just remind us how can we find you, how people can access you and everything else. <laughs> So thank you for having me on the show. You can find uh, everything that I talk about over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. All of the podcast episodes are there. Everything, Angela, there's an Angela Recommends page with everything I love. You can connect with me. But if you want to then just connect, and my podcast is High Performance Health. Uh, it's on every platform. And then if you want to connect with me personally, then probably the two blessed places are my Instagram. That's where I'm on a lot, which is Angela S. Foster. Someone else took Angela Foster, so look for Angela S. Foster. Or my Facebook group, which is Female Biohacker. I go live in there every week um, to answer people's questions. Uh, and then if you want to get an assessment of where you are on this shift protocol to make it super easy for you, you don't then have to remember everything we talked about, is just go to yourtotalhealthcheck.com. And on there, you will find an online questionnaire that you can complete. And we will send you a free personalized report about where you are in terms of that shift protocol with scores in each area and recommendations to help you build your health back up. So that's yourtotalhealthcheck.com. But thanks so much for having me on the show. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Angela. It was wonderful to have you. And thank you, everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you for being with us. And I hope the transformation in you just started. Remember, be the change you want to see in others. All starts within you.